Glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. If you turn your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Beginning in verse 13. If you have that, if you could stand for the reading of God's word tonight. It says in Genesis 6 and verse 13 And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. He says in verse 14, Make thee an ark of gopher wood, and rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the breadth of, of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set, and the side thereof with a lower second and third story shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood." Turn to your neighbor say, a flood. Say a little louder, a flood. A flood of waters upon the earth, wherein is the breath of, sorry, waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is of earth shall die. But with thee, Will I establish my covenant? And thou shalt come into the ark, and thou and thy sons, and thy wives and thy sons' wives, and of every living thing, of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark and keep them alive with thee, and shall be male and female. Let us pray tonight. God, we thank you for your word and its anointing. God, we ask that you go forth in that word and in that anointing, and do what only you can do. And Jesus, we love you, and we praise you. In your name we pray, and the church says, Amen. I apologize for my reading tonight. But this is something that the Lord has impressed on me starting last week, and just began to turn over in my spirit as the week went on. And he met me here early Monday morning and Tuesday morning. And he spoke to me some very specific things. And I hope that you'll hear them tonight. And I pray for your, your, your undivided attention for a moment. I don't feel that I will be up here very long. But I'm going to be to the point. I'm going to share what I believe the 
heart of the Lord is. But we see here, many of us that have been raised in church know the story of Noah and the ark. Noah, was him and his family, was the only ones found on earth righteous enough to spare. We read in verse 18 that God tells him, I will establish my covenant with you and with your family, but everything else I will destroy. We find that he says that he will destroy it with a flood, and many of us know that at the end of this story that God would put a rainbow in the sky symbolic and promising Noah and his family that God would not destroy the earth with water again. But I, I want you to, to hear with me some things tonight. I'm going to draw a few quick parallels because Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 24 that when time is winding up, Brother Justin, that it will be like the times of Noah. What were the times of Noah? Many of you know this, and it's nothing new. Brother Wade, it was immorality everywhere. The Bible even records that it was so bad that God even says that, that, that they couldn't even think a good thought, that their thoughts were continually on evil. And we are getting very closely to a time where that seems to be the case in every facet of life. Whether you're at work, whether you're in the church, whether you're at home, they're, they're, you're, you're bombarded with things that come against your mind, come against your family, come against your heart. There are things that we've talked about in recent months and recent days about spiritual attacks coming against the people of God. We should expect those things. But I want you to know that there is going to be and is an intensive of spiritual warfare, and it is only going to get more intense as Jesus draws close, uh, because what is happening is the times of Noah, the enemy is playing into our flesh, trying to buffet our flesh, uh, trying to use every device at his disposal uh, to keep the people of God uh, from knowing who they are and what they are called to do. That is nothing new for us. But Jesus, again, says that it'll be, in these last days, it'll be like the times of Noah. And we see that in the times of Noah, that not only it was wicked, but God said, listen, I am sending a flood. Now, I want you to, to, to understand this with me tonight, and I, I, I hope that you, you hear me. Uh, when, when God says that he was going to send forth a flood, and he told Noah to build a boat, I, I will remind you that from the first five chapters of Genesis, we do not find that it has ever rained on the earth. That God is watering the earth with a dew that would come in the morning. And that it is not recorded in human history in Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, or 5 that it had ever rained on the earth. Most uh, scholars that I, I have read uh, and have researched say that they, they believe that it did not rain uh, on the earth, but that simply that dew made everything green and gave life and gave nutrients to everything. So I want you to hear this. Uh, has anyone ever heard that Noah was a preacher? Anyone ever heard that? Raise your hand. I want class participation. Anyone ever heard? Here's what's crazy. If you've heard that Noah was a preacher, and the account that we read in Genesis, it never says that he preached as a message. 
Never says that he preached one time. But we find in 2 Peter chapter 2 that Peter records that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And what I begin to discover and begin to dig into is when you read into the Jewish tradition, the Jewish tradition proclaims that Noah did in fact preach one message. They believe he preached one message to a multitude of people trying to beg them to get onto the ark. That is, that is what their, their historical uh, teaching and traditional teaching that they teach their children says. And we know that Peter backs that up when he says uh, that he was a preacher of righteousness. But I want you to catch this with me. He's preaching about something they've never seen before. And he's building something they've never had use for. Hear me tonight. We have a world outside these four walls and within the, the church house uh, that hear conversations about revival in a flood of God's spirit, a, a movement of God's spirit. But Sister Mary, they've never seen it. And when preachers begin to preach on this thing, they're preaching on something that, that generations have not seen. But at the same time, they're telling them and we're telling a world about a Jesus, an ark, a, a someone, a savior that they need. But yet we live in a culture in this nation where we have everything that we ever have need of. We can go through the drive through and get us some food. We can FaceTime our doctors. We can do, we have access to all these things. I'm not saying that those things are bad. Uh, but what I'm telling you is we're telling and trying to teach and reach people uh, about a man named Jesus. Uh, but there is a world, uh, and I hate to say it's even in the church, uh, that feels that they have no need for him. So he's, we're preaching about something that no one's seen. And we're preaching about someone that no one thinks they have need of. It's a sad time. But as I begin to pray... The Lord began to reveal to me something, and, and I believe that, that there's just something spiritually that's going on. I know they're, they're, they're talking with especially young people and young adults and, and teenagers. Uh, they, they talk about there, there's just such a struggle in their heart and in their minds. And I, I've even heard them say, Sister Mary, that they don't even want to be alone because they don't want to be alone in their thoughts and they don't want their minds to race and they don't, they don't want to go to places in their minds. that they sh It's just constant. It's bombardment over and over and over again. And, 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 and we live in this time of, of great trial and, and it seems like great wickedness, but here's the thing. Uh, what the Lord began to tell me and began to show me uh, is he said, listen, uh, Jade, I want you to understand that I desire for a flood of my spirit to come across this nation, across this land. He said, I desire that water is a symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We know this because of John chapter 7 that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be like rivers of living water flowing out of us. We, we know that this is symbolic of, of His Spirit. And He says, I desire to just flood this nation with my Spirit. I desire to show people their need for a Savior. I desire to, to understand this. We read in Genesis 6 and 18 that God had a covenant with with, with Noah, I want you to understand uh, that, that Noah's family was propelled into something new. They were propelled, Brother Wade, into blessing. 
They came out on the other side with a covenant with God and they were in charge of creating something new, something fresh. And I want you to know that that's what God wants for this nation is for something new to come to the church. Something fresh, a fresh visitation of his Holy Spirit. He wants to flood his church with his presence, with his power. But I I want to also tell you tonight what the Lord began to deal with me on is that this this flood that the Spirit of the Lord is wanting to bring to churches across this nation that he's desiring to do in his people. He says, listen, this flood may propel others, but it will judge others as well. Hear me. What I'm about to tell you is not easy to tell you. But the Lord began to tell me. He said, you begin to tell the church. You begin to tell people of God. Anybody that may watch this later. Anybody under the sound of my voice tonight. I don't know why I I have to be obedient to the Lord. But the Lord began to tell me that the flood of His Spirit will propel some. But it will judge others. Noah and his family were in a position. They were ready for whatever God was going to bring. But he says, my church is not ready. My church is not ready. Listen, we, we want to talk about how wicked the world is. I, I know the world is wicked. Uh, we want to talk about politics. Uh, and, and we want to say, listen, oh, they passed this law. They passed that law. I, I believe we should vote. We should be involved in our communities. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Uh, but I want you to know I'm not surprised, Brother Justin, that the world is the world. I'm not surprised that they're wicked. I'm not surprised that they're full of sin, Brother Warren. I, I'm not surprised by that. It's always been that way. But the Lord began to deal with me on the church and the state of the church in this nation. And he began to tell me about this this flood of his spirit. And he began to say, he said, my people, all they want is comfort. And he said, I know my Holy Spirit's to be a comforter. He said, they want comfort. They want comfort. They want encouragement. They want encouragement. He says, do you realize, Jade, that you never felt the comfort of my grace? You never felt the comfort of my mercy? You never felt the comfort of my love when you got saved until you were convicted of your sins because what he said he's beginning to tell me he said my people desire comfort but what they need is conviction he said I'm tired of the lukewarmness I'm tired of the mundane I'm tired of the excuses Man, I'm sitting here, I'm, 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 I'm over here, I have this little stool up, I got my little notebook out and I'm just weeping as I'm writing and crying and, and just because the Lord is dealing with me as well. And he says, listen, hear me, a flood is coming. Will it launch you or will it judge you? Will you be caught up in the move of God because you're ready for a move of God? Or will you sink and sputter out because you weren't in the house of God? You didn't desire to do the things of God. You didn't pray. You didn't read. He said, people put more trust in Facebook preachers and politicians than they do my word. Hear me tonight. He says, listen, to the lukewarm and carnally minded... 
He says, you come, you get right, you repent before it's too late. He says, you come into my house and you come unprepared to walk into my presence. But yet when you get into the sanctuary, you demand me to meet you. He said, you walk into the church house and you're not ready to receive the word of of God. And he says, but yet you want deliverance. You want comfort without conviction. Hear me tonight. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. This, this, this mess with me too. He said, people will defile my platforms with secret sin, but ask for the Spirit of God and His anointing to move through them. The Lord began to tell me, I, I see what my church is trying to hide from me. And He said, you will be judged or you will be propelled. You have to choose. As Noah stood up as the Jewish people believed and preached one great message. I'm not Noah. I'm not anything significant. I'm just a, a, a little overweight preacher. But hear me tonight. If you sit here and tell me that you want a move of God and if I'll sit here in the sanctuary and me, myself, say, oh God, I want to move, I want to move, but I don't make time for Him. I'm not ready to walk into the presence of God. I'm not ready to spend time with Him. I'm not willing to make sacrifices. I'm not willing to get my children to church. Listen, I'll tell you this. If we're more worried about getting our children to a ball game than getting them to the altar, we've got a problem. I love you. I love you tonight, but I want you to be a part of the remnant. I want you to be people that are on the ark, that are ready to get into this new thing that the Lord wants to do. But hear me tonight. We must repent because there is a flood coming. And the Lord began to tell me, he said, Brother Chris, he said, don't fool yourselves and think that you have enough time. He said, people will tell themselves, I got time. I've got time. You know, when Jesus was talking about in Matthew chapter 24, when the last days would be like the days of Noah, he he goes on to say uh, that two men will be working in the field uh, and then I will come back uh, and one would be left alone. Like a thief comes in the night. Hear me. We think, oh, well, we'll get a move of God one day. We'll get a move of God one day. I want you to know showing up to church does not mean that you'll have a move of God. But if you'll show up to church with a move of God going on on the inside of you and you'll begin to lift your hands and you'll begin to pray, you'll begin to praise even if it's not your favorite song, even if it's not your favorite singer, even if it's not your, your favorite preacher, but you'll open up the word and say, this is what God is telling me. This is what God's speaking to me. I promise you that if you'll come in with a river flowing on the inside of you uh, and an awakening on the inside of you that you'll see everything change. To come to the music tonight. Sister Kelly, the Lord began to deal with me and say, I'm not requesting perfection. I'm requesting Submission. He said, Brother Wade, he told me so clear. He said, David wasn't perfect. 
but he was still a man after my heart. David was a man even when he commit, committed some of what we would consider the most heinous sin would come to God after being confronted and with conviction in his heart. He would come to God and say, don't let your spirit depart from me. I need you. I need you. Listen, I know we're not perfect. The Lord knows we're not perfect. But I want you to know that I, I believe what the Lord tells me. I don't know about you. I believe what the Lord tells my pastor. I believe what the Lord tells people I trust. Godly men and women. And hear me. You want to be a part of what God's going to do. You don't want to watch it go by and say, man, I, I, I backed out. I, I bowed out. I, the Lord says over and over again to those that endure, to those that endure, to those that endure. The reward is because of endurance. We talk about the day of Pentecost. How great and how awesome it was. But this is myself included. Would I be willing to come into this sanctuary for 10 days and pray and fast and shut out the world to see a move of God? Is Jade Abrams willing to do that? Marcella, I would love to say, oh yes! But then comes the, well, I got to work. I got to, listen, I know we got to provide. I understand that. My dad said something to me this week. It was true and, and it, it kind of stuck with me. He said, he said, I remember a time when people would take off work to go to camp meeting or youth camp. And he said, now they take off work to avoid camp meeting and a youth camp. I was like, oh man. I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to condemn anyone. I, I'm just trying. My, my job as a watchman on the wall is to declare the truth. The enemy's coming, but better yet, the Lord is coming. Be on the Lord's side. Be on the Lord's side. Church, that day of Pentecost that we referenced is so beautiful, it's so powerful. We talk about the 10 days. I know I, I made reference to that. But do you realize that 3,000 souls were saved because the Bible says when Peter preached, they were pricked in their hearts. Do you understand that Jade Abrams and Ron Russell, Maddie Mullins, whoever stands on this platform, do you realize that it didn't just miraculously happen, but we were all convicted at one point in our lives. And we answered the call of the Spirit to get right. And then came the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, the love. Church, if you want the comforts and the benefits of the Holy Spirit, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you love me, Keep my commandments.
And do you realize when he said that was exactly right after he said, I'm going to give you something greater. I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commandments. What was his command to the disciples? Go to Jerusalem and tarry there until you are endued with power from on high. Hear me today as you stand across this house. I, we, we can't. Young person, don't. Adult, don't play games with God's grace. Don't prostitute God's grace. The Roman church asked Paul, should we sin that grace may abound so we can experience grace? What they were saying is, should we sin so we can experience the comfort again and again and again? He said, God forbid. He goes on in that same chapter. He said, you should be dead to sin. That's hard. But the Lord says it this way in Hebrews. He says, if you, in Hebrews chapter 10, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Listen, I'm not preaching to you that, that grace can go away like that. I, listen, understand me. But he says, if you continue to willfully sin, pretty much that there's a sacrifice, the sacrifice runs out. Because you have proven to deny His grace. And He goes on and He, he even says that, that you know the truth of Jesus Christ and would deny it. He says that makes you even more accountable. And He ends it like this. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Here's something you don't hear in the church. There's a place called hell. And I want you to know that there are a lot of church people there. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm trying to just declare the truth. The Spirit of God wants to move in this house. And He wants to move in this church. And He wants to move in churches across this nation. But we're going to have to stand up and say we're going to do it the Lord's way. Not my way, not at my convenience, not, not, when, not when my politician's in office, not when all the laws are going my way or, or when I'm making money or when I'm broke. No, 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 no. No matter what comes, we're doing it your way, Jesus. So I ask you to come to a place of prayer. And, and I'm not saying that anyone is wrong in this house or anyone's not living right. That's, that's not, I'm not the judge. I'm just the messenger. But hear me tonight. I'm going to call us to a place of prayer. And I want you to pray not only for yourself to get in alignment with what God is doing, what His Spirit is desiring to do, but pray for the people of God that you know. Pray for the community that we're in. Pray for, for one another. Because listen, we have, we have some of the best people in this church and we should turn Connersville upside down for Jesus but it starts right here it starts at these altars it starts at your home so I ask you to come
come to these altars because there is a flood coming and it'll judge or it'll propel. It'll push you. It, it'll take you to places you've never been. So I'm asking you, whether at your seat, whether you want to come up, I know we got Christmas decorations here. Be mindful of that. But if you want to come and kneel at these altars, I just ask you to find a place to pray. Sister Maddie sings. Just take a moment. Take all night if you need. I don't care. But I want to be a part of what God's doing. I want to be a part of what God's doing. Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, and thank you for joining us.